We've got Chris Robinson, the Managing Director of TGM Institutional Services, joining us this morning to talk commodities. Chris, welcome. We've been uh, so far discussing throughout the show how the focus this week is on central banks. I'd imagine as they come together to decide interest rate policy decisions and uh, make those necessary decisions in terms of the lesser of two evils, they're applauding and hoping uh, that crude oil stays below $100 a barrel. Well, they're getting their wish, right? Uh, you know, now we're, it looks like we'll see if 80 bucks hold. Uh, it's funny that, you know, everybody was worried when the Saudis cut production. You know, that lasted for about, you know, a day. Uh, so the, the market's basically factoring in. Here's the other thing that's surprising, right? We were all ginned up because uh, China's finally opening up some cities, right? People thought, oh, there goes demand. Look out, get long crude. Well, you know, that was a bad decision last night if you didn't have a stop in. So I think that caught a lot of people off guard as well. Plus, you've just seen the general, another flushing commodity. It was kind of interesting. Friday, you, start, you started to see some more money come in on the long side, um, you know, across the board in commodities, especially in wheat, stuff like that. And with crude oil falling out of bed, those guys have just hit the sell button this morning. So that's the biggest surprise, I think, this morning. I think a lot of people thought that China's reopening was going to be friendly for crude oil. It's not. Um, you, know, you can look at the U.S. dollar. It's back to 110 change. It's, you know, that's, that's not going away anytime soon. And, um, yeah, you mentioned the European, you know, banks all hiking rates. I would hate to be on that group text. Yeah, Wait. yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay. Uh, you know, we kind of saw this coming. You know, the, the, they, they use whatever the Fed does as cover to, to do it. There it is. That way, if it doesn't work out, they can point their fingers and say, well, gee, you know, all the smartest people thought it was the right thing to hike rates. Well, in terms of that, you know, you, you raise up a good point there, I think, because, well, we're looking at crude, first of all, in terms of some of that selling and how they did hit the uh, red button here, the sell button from 86 down to 81.70 right now. They're still hitting that sell button as we speak right now. And keep an eye on those lows from uh, recently around 81.20, because here you can see it was, uh, well, uh, just a, a couple weeks ago that we were down there. And then we rallied right back up to the 90 level. So back to that uh, key level here. And you can see the conviction associated with this move lower. But uh, to your point here, I'm kind of thinking about as you bring that up, if crude does break down below 80, maybe it's signaling that this sort of heavy hand that the Fed has had uh, maybe a little bit too aggressive. There are many people who have been suggesting that the Fed's taking it a little bit too far too fast, Chris. Yeah, I'm sure that anybody that's in high school now or junior high, you know, when they're in college, they'll be reading the, the postmortem on this and, you know, <laughs> whether who, who made the mistake. It's always easy to money, money, money quarterback. The Fed's got one thing they can do to fight what the, what's been coming out of our fiscal policy. Congress has just been spending money and I don't care about the politics, right, left, center. They spent so much money in the past 18 years. You know, we, they, we kept waiting to get inflation. Finally, they get inflation. It's like, oh, you know, so uh, th this is something that's that, that was a long time in coming. And the Fed has one tool. They have their hike rates. And you're going to see both sides of the aisle go after the Fed if we do get a recession. And right now, I know that the definition of recession is used to be two consecutive quarters of negative GP. We already had that. Um, we'll see what happens in the third quarter. Maybe they'll they'll change the definition again. But <laughs> certainly the market is telling you what it thinks. And it's interesting. Crude oil, crude oil is really a, a kind of a canary in the coal mine. You know, we, we started, we had two negative quarters. Go back and look and see where did we peak out in crude oil? Right around when we rolled over. So the market is forward looking. That's the thing to remember. And, and sometimes it's hard to wrap your head around it because uh, sometimes your the headlines and your emotions are like, well, well, we should be doing this. Well, only thing that matters is where the price is. 
that's what I always tell guys. I, you, you have your opinions, great. Um, and the key is, is to try and, and, and be on the right side when these things move. Uh, we're getting movement. Moving, movement is opportunity. And I think if you can hold your breath and kind of park your political views for a while, there's going to be opportunity out there. That's hard for a lot of people to do. A lot of people tie up their political views with the um, positions they have in the market. So long story short, uh, we'd had kind of a recovery in commodities. Now we're, we're, we're falling away. And again, what the, what the biggest things you're looking at, the dollar, the dollar's back up. It, it nudged above 110. It's sitting right there this morning. Um, I think that's going to be the driver the rest of the week. Uh, you know, in terms of that, and I completely agree, trading on emotion is not necessarily where you want to uh, begin the day or start the uh, your trading decisions and uh, price is king ultimately so it is a reflection of what we're seeing in terms of that Chris um, you know you mentioned as far as some of the demand unknowns that are out there and well you've got lingering concerns but what are you seeing as far as the supply side any indication that uh, we've seen it gaining ground well you know we've got the tightest supplies for corn and beans we've had in five to seven years don't quote me but some, somewhere in there we've got very tight supplies supplies that's why we had a real good rally after the last USDA report. You and I talked about that, right? That kind of blew the number out of the water for, for beans. That all went away. <laughs> the, it's like it was a one-day wonder. And what's really overriding it is the fear that there's going to be a, a, a worldwide slowdown. Worldwide slowdown equals less demand, less interest in commodities. So that, I think it was a surprise. But, yeah, the setup is there. Now, this, this could be an opportunity. We may have some sort of a, uh, an opportunity uh, if we do get a real supply issue where we could separate from the politics and separate from the, what the dollar's doing and just say, hey, there's not enough corn and beans, then we've got a different type of market. That's a demand-driven market, and uh, we haven't had that. We've had a kind of a technically-driven market for the past couple of years with money flow chasing it. So a lot depends on how the harvest comes in. Pretty much we're going to have a smaller crop than people thought, but now the, all eyes are going to be on South America. And uh, I, so there could be some op some opportunity there. And I, I don't know if you want to switch gears and talk about uh, gold and Bitcoin both betraying their their uh, their owners this morning, making new lows. I do because gold's having a hard time ignoring what the dollar is doing as its strength and gold's uh, definitely come off. And last week below 1700, we're starting the week off on a bit of a negative tone as well. 1680, 1650, big level. Why? Well, go back to 2015. We were we were at a thousand bucks, thousand fifty. People forget that. Just see the gold commercials, and then you know we we made our all time high at, at twenty I think twenty seventy two. That was six months ago. You know, run my favorite thing the halfway back, right? We're we're approaching that. We just took out the thirty eight percent on this level, so it's a big technical level. I know people uh, yawn when people when you know we bring that up, but if you run the chart, it's telling you there was a lot of interest here at the sixteen fifty sixteen eighty level. Now that we're below that, it opens up the possibility that there's no promises. It opens up the possibility that we dip below 1600. And I think that would shock a lot of people when, you know, while we're hearing about is inflation, 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 and to have gold, if the gold was to, to fall out of bed here, I think that would surprise a lot of people. So that's the risk, um, you know, I think with gold right now, with it making new lows, because all these momentum traders like to come in and say, oh, it's making new lows, let's pound on it. Same thing with, with Bitcoin. 18.5 was the big level. Bitcoin is just another commodity. I don't care. That's that's my opinion. It's just another commodity, and it's just trading technically. Uh, the next support for Bitcoin, you don't have to be a genius. Go back and look. When they first listed the contract, the high was around 16.5. Well, it looks like we're, that maybe we're ahead to go. The markets like to go test, retest old highs 
when it's trying to find a floor. And I think that that, you know, for, for a year, it was oh, 30,000 nests to hold. Not that it was 20,000 nests to hold. Um, and when those people throw the towel in, when the buy and hold people throw the towel in, there may be some opportunity there. But for now, it's just a grinding lower move in Bitcoin. And uh, it's got to be painful for a lot of people who uh, own Bitcoin or who own gold, who are scratching their head this morning saying, oh, wait a minute. No, I thought this was a good decision. So where we're going to be six months from or a year from now, I don't know. But right now, you've got negative technicals and you've got negative money flow. And that's what's moving this market. Both Bitcoin and gold, probably a reflection of, uh, well, strength in the dollar, rates as well to the upside, but also how it seems like any risk appetite has been more focused towards stocks and some of the individual names that do better under uh, difficult economic conditions here, that uh, risk appetite, a lot less willing to kind of embrace Bitcoin, for example, and some of the riskier assets. Always appreciate you joining us and sharing your Monday with us here today on the TD Ameritrade Network. Chris Robinson, the Managing Director at TGM Institutional Services.